Okay, you want to lead into the subject that we're going to discuss here? Because I usually do the lead in. So you want to do the lead in? You're not feeling like a lead in. I just want to throw it to somebody else. <laughs> I just want somebody else just to throw do it. it. But it, you know, in trying to have like the conversation of aggression, you have to realize that aggression is like an incredibly broad term. Yes. And it can go in a million different directions. There's what is aggression for different specific things. And then there's what people will call aggression for things that may not even be aggression. Right. Um, it's important to understand that dogs, you know, will correct each other in very absolute and very abrupt ways. And some people with human emotions may see something like that and go, well, that was really aggressive. Yes. And I didn't not, even think about that. And they're not wrong. They're not wrong to say something like that or to see something like that and go, oh, that was really aggressive. Yeah. But, you know, as far as I guess what, what we do and what we deal with when it comes to aggression, it's that's just that's just dogs just talking to each other. Yeah, that's just language as we yeah. as we and interpret it, is, it. It is very abrupt. It is very sharp. But once again, that's exactly how dogs communicate with each other all the time. Yeah. It's very cut and dry. Nothing personal. No party, you know, has any kind of lingering effects of, you know, when it comes to dogs, it's like two dogs meet each other. One's a super excited puppy and the other one's like a, like an older, not looking to deal with it. The puppy comes into the older's face, wiggle, 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 annoying, annoying, annoying. And what does that old dog do? Because you're rude. Yeah. And what does that puppy do? That puppy goes, oh, geez, I should walk away. I should go somewhere else. And wiggle, 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 off to something else. Nothing personal. Not going and crying into that dog's diary of like, well, today was a horrible day. Like, no, that's that's what people do. But dogs just go off and just mm -hmm. go like, oh, okay, learn something from that. Not not going to go smell that dog's butt again. Right. Because, you know, they, they don't want conflict and they do all want balance. So... When it comes to the top of, 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 of aggression, it's like you can go in so many different ways. And it, we just have to once again, you know, what I want to do is just kind of describe, you know, just like specific cases and just highlight different aspects of aggression because it is a really difficult conversation. It's a very it's a very difficult conversation and it's a very large conversation. So, I mean, you and I have discussed having a top a, a podcast about this and. You know, which direction do you go? Because I can go down this path and talk about aggression. I can go down this path and talk about aggression. And some of it is, some of it that is aggression, the public might perceive as, the public likes to make excuses for dogs' behavior mm -hmm. and minimize it, especially when it's their own. You know, they, they love their dog and yet, it's doing this. Or it has bitten a family member. It has bitten my uncle. It's bitten my neighbor it's bitten my and what they tend to do is go well, because he bit him because because he gets you startled him because you I don't, you know I don't know what they make excuses for and for me the word aggression is is very cut and dry when I talk about an aggressive dog I talk about a dog who shows aggression with nothing that provoked that. Oh. They bit because they wanted to. Yeah. Some dogs are criminals, just yeah. like people. Yeah. And they want to bite. They're not afraid. 
Well, maybe they don't necessarily want to bite, but their wiring is, is it, it's not like, oh, correct or balk or even snap or sometimes bite and then just some pressure. Sure. I guess that's a, that's a that's a bite. That's a whole other podcast. What is a bite? Exactly. <laughs> a nip. But, a but nip. We're, but you're, you're talking about a dog that just goes zero to 100 blood. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and you know, and I'm going to repeat this many times during this podcast. This is a rarity. It is. Do not think that your dog is, do not listen to this and go, well, my dog can do that. Right. No, your dog's not going to do that. It's just not. Right. You would have seen it. It's, see, and when I talked about the, subjects and the lanes that you can go down in the subject of an aggressive dog that is unpredictable just bites yeah is thank goodness a rare thing but we've experienced it yeah you and i have both experienced it um you know at the ranch we deal with thousands of dogs thousands and thousands and thousands of dogs i'm curious to know a number of like how many how many dogs have gone through there? How many, how many, <laughs> you know how many dogs have gone through the software? Is it like, I, w- I want to guess like 8,000. I bet you it's more. Maybe. Maybe. But to have, should we discuss the the bites that you and I had while we're having this? Well, I think let's just, let's just keep on the broad edge okay. of, 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 of just aggression. You know, one of the dogs I want to talk about was, was Irene. She could easily be labeled as aggressive, and, Absolutely. and it would pretty much it would pretty much be right. Yeah. So Irene was one of the first rescues that we've had. She was, I think, one of the first fosters I've had. Um, Irene was she was she was down at like the Garland Shelter. They picked her up as a stray. She had her, you know, she had her big old teats going. You could tell she she had pups. They looked for days around, I guess, where they found her. Yep. No, 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 no pups were ever found. We have no idea what happened to mm-hmm. them or anything. Um, but anyway, take her to the ranch, you know, and just start getting her healthy and providing a routine with her at the ranch. Never had any issues with her at the ranch. Never. Um, not with other dogs. She can be quick to correct, but she's not going to take it anywhere. I know, so, but lots of dogs are quick to correct. It's, yeah, you know. Yeah, but she. I'm just. I'm just trying to describe her. You know, she has that like little terrier mindset. You know, if somebody opposes her or does something very flagrant or rude, she's. They're gonna get a quick balk. Mm-hmm. She's not gonna bite anybody. No one's gonna bleed or anything. Um, but she will make her case known. But it's. It was very few and and few in between uh, for her because. She was just always she she just really found balance in that pack, which is ninety five percent of dogs. Yeah, do the exact same way. When you put them in a pack, they understand. They understand the different personalities. They understand to avoid conflict, keep everything calm. Um, you know, it wasn't like one of those outlier type behaviors where it's like something to constant always juggle or something you always have to manage. No, she's seamless. Even now, when she goes to the ranch, she's just like wallflower. <coughs> But you know she was she was adopted out to a great family, um, and she still came back as a client. Um, but you know you heard some different issues in the house to where, you know, um, UPS guy I think is one of them or a mailman. It's typically um, somebody coming in the house. Coming in the house, coming in the house, mm-hmm. and it just progressively got worse with family members come over. 
and she just she just thought that she needed to, she thought she needed to control things in the house mm-hmm. and make decisions and if there's no other presence that supersedes that and lets her know that no ma'am I don't need you to act out at all. This is not your place. This is not your job. Um, so she, well, you know, she bit like a male guy. I know. I know. I know she bit. I, I think, think she, she bit like the grandmother she or bit something. The, like a family member. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I say bite, you know, that's a, that's a bite once. Maybe some blood. Maybe some bruising. Yeah, but I don't call that. I don't. I call that a pretty serious bite. It is. When you, inf- when you inflict bodily damage, yeah. whether it's, whether it's. Even if it's scratch, you've you've inflicted enough damage. People like to minimize that, especially mm-hmm. if it's their own dog. With you somebody caught me c- doing it right now, <laughs> because you love her and you it's have my her. Girl. <laughs> so when you have somebody who comes into your house and your and your dog does that, basically is owning the, she's owning the home. Correct. And she doesn't have anybody in the house because a lot of people don't know how to do this or what that means. To correct her that you will not, mm-hmm. you do not own this house. So she's she. They start to stretch their boundaries on yeah. what and what they own, and this person and that person, and this person's moving a little too quickly, yeah. and this and it and it grows. The yeah. aggression grows. It grows and escalates because if you let a dog think that that is their role, yeah, it will it will escalate and it will get worse. Yeah. Um, because the dogs don't have the mental capabilities to obviously look at all these variables or measure what is what. No, we were talking about reaction-based, reaction-based, you know, um, emotions from a dog, and they just they just can't really handle it. So, so Irene in her previous home progressively got worse, and it was an issue that that they couldn't manage anymore. And they had twins. Yeah. They had twins that were yeah. toddling now. Yeah. And just did not trust and I wouldn't either. Yeah. They did not trust her with the babies. Yeah. <clears throat> and so Irene went to Jess's house. She went to Jessica's house. This was before Mabel was born. Mm-hmm. And she did fine. No you issues. You know, I mean, we had Jessica and you had um, Eva and Lillian mm-hmm. and Violet who were old enough kids and pretty much established pack leaders, yeah. you know. They're not going to tolerate any crap from a and dog. And what that means is, you know, Irene's in that new home, and she's used to doing this or that. The doorbell rings. Irene barks and runs from the door. And no matter who it is, child or adult, you get in front of that door. You snap your fingers, and you point at that dog, and you say, you get the heck away from my door. This is my door. Yeah. You have no jurisdiction over this door. I don't need you here at all. Mm-hmm. And there's consequences for you acting imbalanced in an imbalanced way. Point that out to that dog. Let that dog know what it's doing. Instinctually, it knows that, oh, I don't want to be imbalanced. Yeah. You know, but for Irene, it was the juggle of like, oh, wait a second. I thought I was the boss. It's like, but you tell her real quick. It's like, no, you are not the boss. You need to get the heck away from here right now. Mm -hmm. We don't need you. You need to go be calm somewhere. This is all my responsibility and not yours. Right. So Jess started to work that back, you know, and... Because, I mean, I fostered for Irene for six months. I had my young nieces over multiple times. I had people over multiple times. I never saw anything. Right. Never happened with me. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I'm quick to call out behaviors, though, and make sure everyone keeps calm. If you perk up and get all, I'm immediately right there to be like, hey, what are you doing? Yeah. I see what you're think. Your body is telling me everything that you're thinking, mm-hmm. and I'm telling you to take it down a peg. 
<clears throat> I don't need that. Which is an important aspect for people to understand. And, and what's difficult for us to convey to people is the little signs mm -hmm. physically and behaviorally that your cues that your dog is giving you, but, but you're not trained to see it. So it's hard for them. Not only not trained to see it, but what to do with it. Exactly. That's, that's where the, the pit of anxiety comes from, like right. with people I talk to. And yeah. it's like trying to help them navigate different issues. You know, people can get really down on themselves and kind of put themselves in a little well where it's just like, oh, I don't don't know how to deal with this. Yep. And it, that can get worse and worse, too, yep. as your dog gets stronger and stronger. Yeah, and they've got anxiety. They're just filled with anxiety about yeah. what to do about it. It's, yeah. I mean, it's problematic when a dog starts to take control and ownership of a, mm -hmm. especially if it's going to lead There's to something. There's that feeling of helplessness that people can, <clears throat> can kind of go right. through. Right, right. But with Irene, once again, she was fine at Jess's house. Until Mabel started to toddle. Mabel started to toddle around. Yep. And Mabel's not a pack leader. She's a toddler. Yep. So it she became she's going to take charge of that little that toddler. She's going to yeah. she's gonna chase her out of her house. And what is a toddler? It's a wild little creature. It makes quick movements. It makes quick decisions. It makes loud noises. Loud sounds. It does. It, there is not a lot of consistency or rhyme or reason. Yeah. So a dog like Irene sees that. What does she see? She sees imbalance. Imbalance. And she feels that she needs to be correcting that imbalance. That imbalance threatens the rest of her pack. And so she'll start to see or make decisions, not that she should, about how to deal with that. And that can be managed, but you need to be there all the time. Right. All the time to be able to mitigate those signs and watching all the time. And when you have something as imbalanced and wild as, as a walking two-year-old, that can be almost impossible. Yeah. And it was for Jess, <clears throat> where Jess is like, I can't do this I anymore. I can't do this. I'm not going to endanger my toddler. Exactly. And that's the right move. Right. You know, people come first. Right. I say that a lot to people on the phone. You know, the human pack is first. Right. Dog stuff is later. Yep. You know, your human relationships and, you know, just the peace of mind and safety. Peace of mind and safety is well beyond, you know, a dog. Right. You know, you, you can find other avenues or do other things, but, you know. So anyway, you know, I took Irene back, you know, to my house and it was smooth sailing. No big deal. Mm hmm. She's only gotten in trouble one time, and that one, it's almost not even her fault. I had a, you know, I, I live in kind of a, a secluded area, you know, so it's, it's, I'm supposed to know when somebody comes over to my house, you know. All my other dogs are fine, except for, you know, it might be like a barking mess if somebody comes over unannounced, but mm -hmm. that's, that's all manageable. I have that too. Uh, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> Poquito. Um <clears throat> But the only time Irene got in trouble, and it was a pretty serious thing, I had a friend come over. He didn't text me. He didn't call me. He just came over. And I don't know. I think he parked up north a little bit and, like, walked up. Oh. And just you came. You didn't know he was out there? I didn't know he was out there. He, he, was, like, he was, like, early. And so he just decided to. Walk to in? Come into the backyard. Oh. I had the pack out there. You know, I, I was trying to potty my pack before somebody comes over. And maybe put somebody in a bedroom or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, once again, I'm always mitigating balance like we all should be doing. You yep. all know who your pack members are. 
but my loud alarm barker sweeps. She can go in the bathroom for a little bit. Somebody comes over. The other dogs can meet whoever comes over first and get a little excited, calm themselves down. Then sweeps comes out when everything's all balanced because she's mm -hmm. going to gauge the other dogs that are there. The other, you know, instead of just all excitement all at once. Right. You know, just kind of taper it, taper it down. Once again, always creating balance. But anyway, he just came over, came in the backyard, didn't know my pack was out there. What happened? Irene bit him. First one. Yeah. She got him pretty good. She bite him in the back? In the inner thigh. From the front? Mm-hmm. Wow. Right after him. Got him the one time, and then and then that was it. And that is Irene. It's always that mm, that that quick in the moment. That's that that's her type. Mm -hmm. It's it's what's happening right here and right now. You know, there are s some dogs that could be in that situation, and where they would just kind of maybe keep going on something like that, mm -hmm. or depending on how that person responds to it, they can trigger that to be worse, a worse of, of of like a type of attack or something like that, but. Um, you know, she did her one quick bite, um, and then, and then that was it, <clears throat> thankfully. Um, but that was a big deal. You know, that yeah. had me really think, you know, yes, that's definitely her fault. That's not something you need to be doing. There's also, no excuse for the behavior. Also my buddy's fault too. It's like, man, you don't just like walk into my backyard without it's letting true, me. true, but there's still no excuse for her behavior. Correct. Because a dog in my mind should never bite a human. Yeah. And if they do, you've got a few things to figure out. A, how am I going to live with this dog? B, how am I going to correct this dog? C, what, you know, what, can yeah. I do that? Some people can't. Correct. You know, you live alone. So, but you know, if somebody has a family and they have a dog like that. Yeah. You know, my, you know, they're like, what, are, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? You know, I've counseled, and so have you, the clients' dogs, uh, the, the people that own Augie Doggy, now Marley. Yeah. Um, that's the behavior that he started doing in the home. Yeah. He's going to bite somebody who comes in. Yeah. You know, we have him at the ranch. He would never bite a person. No. Never. But he has the same mindset. Mm -hmm. Gets in his home. Somebody comes. Starts owning that He place. starts owning it. Yeah. And they're trying to control it, but people have a hard time with that. They don't it's, really understand it's, it's, it. It's difficult because, you know, you just have to... You know, when, when, when we see those types of things, when we're working with a dog or especially like a new dog in our home and you see some of those like, you know, the dog's there for like a couple weeks or something like that, you maybe not see a whole lot. And mm -hmm. then, yeah, somebody comes over or somebody drives by and you see like this big response, like this yeah. big boo. Like when I see that big response, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm coming right for you. Yeah. I'm coming right in your space and I'm telling you, you need to get the heck out of here right now. And I'm going to do it in kind of a big way Yeah. because this is, I, I, we need to nip this in the bud right now. It's like that, you my analogy for that, that. And people have asked me what this means before. Whenever I talk about a come to Jesus meeting with a dog. <laughs> and some people don't understand what that yeah. means. Well, it's, it's difficult too, because we're versed and we see and deal with dog behavior all the time. And dogs will correct each other in a very, very gross, nasty way. Yeah. You know, I've had clients come over to the ranch and they see two dog, one dog correcting another dog. And they're like, oh, my God, is everything OK? And they it think it's a dog fight. It doesn't even register with me. Right. It was actually the only thing that registers in my mind was like, well, that was a good one. I mean, <laughs> that dog's not going to bother that dog anymore ever again. Now. Like that. 
that whole situation is solved. I feel like a weight's lifted off. Right. But, but see, but, but see, them, but see that but to, to them, they're like, oh, my God, is right. this is this what you live and work? And in? that was a come to Jesus moment for that dog from yeah. the other dog. Yeah. And and when I have a situation with one of my dogs that I never, ever want to see this behavior from you ever, ever again, mm-hmm. that impact is made. Yeah. It's loud. Yeah. It's scary. Yeah. And it makes an impact because I want that dog to never forget that. Yeah. That's a come to Jesus meeting. And once again, that's how other dogs will correct sure. each other. And, you know, there's a very fine line in, in, in how to successfully do that. And it's different for every circumstance or every personality that you're dealing with. So it can be a very difficult thing to explain to somebody on the phone. Sure. I mean, it's, it's, near, it's near impossible. It is. And my advice to Augie Doggy's mom with the situation that she was dealing with, because it was so specific. It's her and her husband who live alone. Mm-hmm. There aren't other people in the home. There aren't kids. There aren't other family members. It's a specific time that, you know, a guest comes for dinner. A UPS man comes. I said, this is a simple solution. You take Augie and he goes in a crate. Yeah. He just stays in a crate. Whenever the guest has left or what have you, he's good in a crate. He's quiet in a crate. Yeah. So why would we why would we worry and endanger somebody else being hurt? Yeah. In these That's very not a really fun time. No. It's not a really fun party. It's really not. <laughs> to like and there's to have that anxiety in you, you know? Right. And I, I do the same thing. Like when I have a bunch of people come over or something like that, sweeps. Sweeps goes in the master in the in in my my master bath, which is on the the opposite side of the house. Nice big beds in there. I turn that fan on. Sometimes I even get a little radio going. They're as happy as can be. There's no stress panting. There's no scratching at the door. There's right. no barking or anything like that. I do that routine all the time mm-hmm. because I don't want incessant barking. Incessant barking that is opening the door to imbalance. It just it can escalate the entire pack. Sweep starts barking. Irene's looking for a target, yep. you know. So, so my two little terriers, you go in the bathroom. You guys hang out there. When somebody comes over, <clears throat> you still have to meet Daryl, <laughs> which is which can be horrible. <laughs> but he's just a big, you know, he's just a big dumb wild guy. He's a dumb wild guy who you do not put in the bathroom because Daryl will balk and complain and complain and balk and balk and complain and complain yeah. and balk, which is why Bubs is up here. Yeah. Because and the rest of my dogs too. can be downstairs because that's how Bubs is too. Yeah. So I mean we mm. we we mitigate behavior with our own dogs based on the facts that we have yeah. with them you, it's at all based times. On what you bring me, yeah. You know, and oh, you do this, you do this, you do this. Okay, well I can do you this way, right? And then do that, and then well, like like last night I had a few friends over, mm-hmm. sweeps and Irene in the bathroom. People are here for a couple hours. I been keeping joe in the crate because i just getting close to that surgery i don't want him to injure that other leg yep so they're there for like an hour hour and a half it's like okay time time to potty the dogs so i let the pack that's already met them outside bring sweeps out first she meets them she gets all excited i carry out irene or sometimes i'll have her on leash Give her a couple reminders like, hey, I don't need you to do anything. You get to come smell them. A couple verbal corrections. When I see intensity, calm down. You smell them. Because it's just that moment with, with, with Irene. The introduction. It's just that introduction. Mm-hmm. Who's this? Who's in my house? Blah, terrier. Yeah. Um, but once, she, once I mitigate that, she's totally fine. She's the nicest dog ever. Yeah. 
once once that meeting is done, there's no threat for her to harm anybody else. Right. You know, that's that's why I work with that. If that was all the time, I don't think I could work with that. Yeah. Be, well, because I can't, you know, I, you don't want a human getting bit. No. There's the physical injuries and then there's the emotional injuries, which is always much worse. And right. I don't want to live with that. Right. You know, so it's 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 about what's what's really feasible or, or obtainable for you. But anyway, you know, a couple hours go by. They all go outside. They all go potty. I let Joe out last. Joe meets them. He gets to spend some time with them. He comes out to go potty. Out there for five or ten minutes. Everyone's pottied. Get relaxed. Get your drink of water. One at a time. Everyone comes back in. Sure, we get a little excited again. I also temper my friends. It's like, you know, say hello, but, you know, calm down. Calm down. And if your friend can't do that, then I, you just don't let them out. They can just wait. Some friends, you know, they can be dog savvy or maybe listen to you. But if you have a friend that comes over and you have a dog that you're working with and you know that your friend can't he adhere to your warnings or concerns or or how we mitigate this or that, they're just not going to listen to you. People do that. Yeah. Well, you know what? You don't you don't meet that dog. We had that. We had that as a comment on one of our podcasts of a listener that said, yeah. you know, she's got she's got somebody who comes to her house and won't listen and, you know, the dog is going to bite the person. It was like a little dog, and they, they, like, make it growl or something? I think so. And I, you know, I mean, how rude. That's the way I look at that, is how yeah. rude. That, you know, I tell you to keep your hands off of my dog because I'm trying to protect the both of you. Yeah. And you can't listen. Yeah. So I'm trying to condition balance in this dog. Yeah. You know, this imbalanced dog that I'm now trying to make balanced. And I'm... Every single day you work on conditioning that. Every single waking part of the day. Yeah. You are always working on that. And for someone to come in and just screw it up and then giggle about it, it's yeah. like, screw you. It's not you. funny. Yeah, screw it's not you. funny. Yeah. I mean, especially to people like us, it's like, you know how hard it is to work on some dogs. Yeah. And how much, how much effort that takes to build this thing up. And somebody's going to come in and go, <laughs> and knock your sandcastle over. Well, it's right. like, you know what? First of all, I wouldn't even have them over at my house. <laughs> well, because you have to listen to what I'm saying. You know, I do this for a living. It's like, you know, my friend's a fireman, so it's I'm not going to go hang out with him and we walk into a burning house and he tells me not to go right or not to push on beams and I go, oh, I'll do it anyway. Right. Why would he? Why would? Why would you want to be around that person in in, in that type of situation? Well, I mean, if it's a family member and she has no choice. Of who this person is, because I don't know that it's a friend or I don't know that it's a spouse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, the difficulty of juggling relationships, yeah. Yeah. you know, with dogs. And, it's, and, it, and, in that, and in that case, and like multiple other cases, these are each an individual things. Right. Uh, this individual person with this individual dog. What's the best way to go about that? Right. You need to take a little time to think about it. Well, and that's what ends up happening when, I mean, you get called many times for rescue dogs that get placed in adoptive families and they contact Laura with a problem with this, a problem with that, a problem with this, a problem with that. And there's so many factors that go into that with, you know, who's in the house? How many people are in the house? Are there kids in the house? Who comes to the house? Do relatives come to the house? Friends come to the house? Neighbor kids come to the house? What, you know, what's the dynamic? What, yeah. what other pets are in the house? Is there a cat in the house? Is there other dogs in the house? What's the, what's the, what's the feel in the house? Is mm -hmm. it busy? Is it hectic? Is it quiet? Do you work from home? Is it just you? Is it, you know, the, the dynamics are, 
are crazy. All those things, and then there's the people dynamic. Right. Are you someone who's really tough? Are you dog savvy? Are you not dog savvy? Are you a wet blanket? Are you are somebody you, who are, just cries all the crying? time? Because are you th- crying on the phone right now? Right. All kinds of things. Yeah. You know. So. Yeah. There's. There's. And you know, when it comes to talking to people on the phone or talking about dog behavior, that's where I get a little crazy. Where it's like, okay, we need to. I deal with specific cases, and that's how really every dog trainer. You know, should be where it's just no. We need to dig- deal with individual things. We're dealing with this dog, this circumstance. What's the best way to go about that? Well, let me f- hear about these variables, what the dog does in these variables. Let me hear about your house variables, and let's just kind of decide sometimes without even meeting the dog of what's the best way to go about this. Right. You know, because there's, of course, like I could, you know, you can teleport me to that house. And I've also done this many times where if they are close enough and I do go to the house, it's so frustrating. Immediately, every dog issue they ever explain to you is gone. <laughs> I just I just walk in and, and it's just and it's just over. And, and it goes to like how intuitive dogs are. Right. You know, they they sense my energy, you know, that I'm relaxed, experienced, very confident um, and you know, especially when you're talking about dog behaviors, you're, you're talking about and issues that come up in the home. It's usually a dog that's like very insecure and doesn't know what 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 the what the who's on the totem pole and where. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's here, sometimes it's there. You're dealing with basically it's it's a dog that's like erratic and you know doesn't doesn't know the rules. So when a big presence come it comes in, the dog's just like, oh, let me just pay attention to you. Mm-hmm. So, and it's, it's hard to condition people how to do that, you know, especially when they have fears and anxieties and, you know, this has been an issue that's going on for months and it's, it's hindering this human relationship and this, there's all these other human things that just like compound it and make it so much, make an issue that's so small, like so much worse, you know, so. But when you're, when you're talking about all of these dynamics of a dog in the home and you go back to the subject of aggression the first thing that I see is all the different types of aggression. When you're talking about Irene, you're talking about ownership of guarding her home, somebody coming in. She's yeah. going she's gonna to stop that person. <clears throat> but then you also talk about in other people's homes where you have dogs who are nervous and have anxiety and they fear bite yeah. or, because you scare them. Yeah. They're, so they're scared. And then, and then you take in the factor of breed types where you have like a herding dog. Yeah. A cattle dog. Yeah. Uh, you know, that, that is maybe is nervous too. Yeah. So now you, they kind of hurt you a little bit and they bite you from behind. And they, mm-hmm. so the, the, the aggression goes in so many different directions with behavior. Yeah. That have to be all handled in different ways. Yeah. You know, depending on the dog and the specific and the home and the family and what's coming in and out of the house. So you can see quickly how complicated each case can be. Yeah. You know? But, you know, we get, I'm always a little baffled sometimes of the, the emails that we'll get from people with, and some of them are just incredibly serious of dog bites in yeah. their home. You know, where people have really been hurt. Really and, hurt. Um, you know, we, we rescue a lot of Mastiffs, a lot of Bordeaux, so people will tend to reach out to us for that. And, and you know, a Mastiff is a guarding breed. That's what they're bred for, yeah. you know. And when that goes a wire, that goes haywire. 
you have some serious issues. You have a very powerful dog. A very powerful dog. And we'll have people that will... That you had a call the other day of somebody who had something that was... I mean, it's going to kill the other dog or it's, you know. Oh, yeah. I had a lady... Um, yeah, we always... We always get a lot of odd calls. Yeah. Um, but and emails. And emails. But yeah, just a late, she's just like a, she's been a nurse for like 20 years. She's been rescuing dogs for about the same amount of time. Um, she's, she's down in the valley too. She, she, had, she had no idea who we are. Mm -hmm. She's just cold calling rescues. Yeah. You know, um, she has some kind of, some kind of pit mix that was, that was dumped out, you know, near her and that she took in and she had like five other dogs, mostly littles, mostly little terriers, which, which, you know, was, was, was a little difficult for, for her in the beginning. Cause one of them she thought was like some kind of puppy mill type, type scenario where the basically is like a little Yorkie who has no e experience on what to do in life, like at all, mm -hmm. you know, it's just a little shell of a dog that doesn't have any experience. Um, but anyway, you know, she she takes in this dog and everything's fine, usually for the first couple of weeks, how it usually goes. Mm -hmm. And then she said that that little pit mix just grabbed her dog and would not let it go. Just yeah. grab her little dog and just shaking it, yeah. sent it to the emergency room, nearly died. Mm -hmm. um, and she had had this happen a couple of times. She had it happen a couple of times when she was even mitigating this dog into separate quarters and juggling her pack differently to make sure they're, you know, they're not met and everyone's needs are met, you know, as far as exercise. It's just, she's just doing all the right things. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of heartbreaking talking to her, yeah. you know, and because, uh, you know, first she didn't tell me about the aggression and I just start talking to her more and more. I just happen to have the time. You mm -hmm. know, I, I, I can't talk to everyone on the phone. Right. You know, sometimes I have the... I have a waiting room stacked with like five clients and somebody calls me in tears and I just, I just can't do it. And you yep. feel terrible, yep. but it's just, it just is what it is. Um, but I had the time to talk to her and you know, it, I, this, this thing had, had happened maybe like three or four times with her to where she had to save her dog's life mm -hmm. where she, you know, you're, you're opening the jaws of this thing. You know, it, it won't, it won't let go. Yeah. It's very, very dangerous. Yeah. It's very rare too. Mm -hmm. This is a rare thing. Yeah. But uh, when you are dealing with it, or like I told her, I said you're you're spinning plates, and um, you know, you can be great at spinning plates, and you can keep spinning them and spinning them, and do it day after day after day. But eventually, you're going to drop one. Mm -hmm. And somebody's going to something's going to lose. And their I life. said, in this case, like one of these plates is your little dog. Yeah. One day you're going to miss it, or you know, you didn't latch the door all the way mm -hmm. or, you know, you're a little foggy this morning and you missed this or you didn't latch that or you didn't make sure this was here or, you know, and it's not a healthy, it's, it's not a healthy way to live. It's a bad quality of life. I'm sure there's many people out there doing this right now, the, but, but it, you just have to be honest with the reality of, of what you're doing and you are spinning plates. Yeah. And when you're spinning plates, you're going to drop one. Yeah. That's just how it goes. And I know this because, you know, we've had we've had situations where we've had to euthanize a dog. The one that comes to mind was Don, the pit bull that yeah. uh, grabbed onto Cupid's face and was just would not let go. I yeah. mean, just it was awful to yeah. try to get that dog off of his face that had a hold of his face. And we we op we opted to euthanize her. Yeah. Um, 
And a lot of people disagree with that. A lot yeah. of people disagree with that. And some and many people in rescue, they don't. They just don't care. It doesn't matter how aggressive a dog is. There's always a home for that dog. And you know, we all have our philosophies. Yeah. On what we feel is right, and I look at a dog like that as a danger to society. Yep. And regardless of where you place that dog, because you can be so scrutinizing, oh, we'll find an only dog home, and we find this, and we find that. And you want to guarantee to me that that dog isn't going to turn its aggression on a child next time? Yeah. You latch every door every day in your life. You always make sure every door is closed or everything's confirmed every single day. You could. You can be good for 10 straight years. You can. But you miss once. You make a mistake. Yeah. If you make a mistake. Yeah. And you, I, you know, it's it's like our 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 employee Ashley. You know, she she lives in an apartment, and then, you know, one of the neighbors has like this this like rescued. They say it was like some kind of fighting dog. You, you never really know with mm-hmm. these cases. You never really know what the heck's going on. But <clears throat> it's it's it it is it is this pet, and they have no idea how to manage it. Yeah. No idea at all. Not only do they not have any idea how to manage it, but they are so lackadaisical when it comes to their door. They don't understand how dangerous of a thing that they have. Mm-hmm. And that can be so incredibly frustrating. Yeah. Especially in that specific case that that's your neighbor. And, you know, she's living there and she's got small kids and she's got small dogs. And happened a couple of times where they left their door open. And that dog went after another dog in the complex and almost killed. This happened several times. Yeah. Where that dog actually went after a kid and bit it severely on the leg where that kid needs like surgery. Yeah. It's like a seven-year-old kid. Yeah. And these, but these people were just completely oblivious to it. Where now the, you know, the law is involved. The cops are coming over. Animal control is making cases. And it's like. But these people are still just like, no, we're still we're still good. It's like, man, you aren't even you aren't even aware of what you have. And right. you, that dog is is just a complete danger. I mean, right. that 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 dog has already worn out its welcome in this world. Big time. You bite a small child. You almost kill a small dog. You've gone after several other dogs. You can't even keep your damn dog. You don't even respect the dangerous thing that you have. What's it going to take? Does it have to kid? Does it have to kill a kid? Seriously, what is it? Well, you take? know, what's your line? You what, know, you know, what's your but line in the sand? But that's how that's how some people operate, and it's it's doubly terrifying with that combo of just like ignorance and danger yeah. with 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 that specific issue. It's yeah. Like, but some you know the public you know can can sometimes be that way. Well, and that's what I'm saying when I when I when I speak of because we've taken a lot of criticism from some rescues for decisions that we've made on putting aggressive dogs to sleep. And it took me a long time to come to terms with the fact that I have to do what feels right to me. Mm -hmm. You know, I have to live with myself and I have to make decisions on a dog based on what I think is best for the world. Yeah. Not just for that dog, because you have to put things in perspective. You have to, you have to recognize that this dog is going to kill something or somebody. And when it does, I'm to blame. Yeah. And a lot of people wouldn't feel that way. They they feel like, oh, you find a good home for it and if it you know and if then, it and then you do that. Wash yeah. your hands and mm-hmm. you're good. No, that dog lives with me forever in my mind. Yeah. 
I mean, and even if and if you're the expert or expert, you know, because I'll never say I'm an expert. Mm-hmm. It's just I've done this for a long time. I have a lot of experience, and that's really like all I'll say with that. But yeah. like, um, we know better. We know that dog, or what that dog's capable of, way better than wherever it's going. Absolutely. Uh, we know how to deal with that. We know how to deal with that dog way better than wherever it's going. Period. There's, you know, okay, sure. There's some cases where, like, you know, like like our trainer adopts from us. We, I, we did a, I, we did adopt go, a little Jack Russell Terrier go, to Aaron Stewart <laughs> like this. That one we could do yeah, this. You're fine. Yeah, that one's in the vault. Like easy. But that's like one. Right. <laughs> like two thousand. Right. <laughs> so. Uh, so yeah, when when we when we have made had to make that decision, I'll take the criticism for it. I'll take it because I, yeah. I I feel like I have to do the right thing. And there's a person in rescue, Terry Hathaway, Terry and Cal, who work down in the valley, and she she made a statement to Laura one time, and it's always kind of resonated with us because she sees so much suffering and death down there for dogs, and she said to Laura one time. There's a lot worse things than humane euthanasia. Yeah, and it's true. There's a lot, a lot worse things that a, that a dog can go through. Absolutely. Than than just, a peaceful, quiet, a peaceful, nice, painless euthanasia. Yeah, and some and sometimes, unfortunately, that's what we've had to do for yeah. serious aggressions. And I just feel like it's the responsible thing to do. And that's the exact quote that I used to that lady who called me on the phone with that that some kind of pit mix that, that it was it was just going to kill her yorkie yeah. and i'm just like look you know i just uh, rescue is triage yeah we're all just trying to do what we can there's many different types of rescue or people in rescue some people are just doing it on their own you maybe never even know it unless you go over their house and it's like oh yeah i found that dog or whatever right. there's all kinds of people doing it and doing it to however best they can right you know, it's not like you don't just decide one day. It's like, I'm going to get into dog rescue and you just run out there and grab as many dogs as you can and put them all together. No, you, you just you do what you can and you learn and you, and you figure and you try and figure some things out like the best you can. But it, but it is a triage. Well, and you're trying to mitigate some uh, whatever issue is put in your lap. You're trying to mitigate that the best you can. Right. And if it's if it's a situation that's untenable. Eventually, it could it could destroy you. Yeah, you know you you're trying to rescue this dog, but then what happens? Well, this other dog that you've cared and conditioned and loved for, this innocent thing that did nothing to deserve this, right, is brutally killed. Right. Not fair to that dog. No. Not fair to that dog at all, especially when it didn't do anything to deserve it. Right. You, and 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 when I talk about, um, not all dogs can be saved. Not, they can't be saved. A lot of rescue dogs can't be saved. And that that term comes from a lot of things, not just their health or their, they have cancer or they have a bad heart or they have, sometimes they can't be saved behaviorally f- yeah. for this exact reason. Yeah. You know, and w- when you have to make that decision, it's certainly not taken lightly. You know, when yeah. we've been put in that position, we've, we've, we have all thrown it around in our heads multiple times. Yeah. And have to make the decision to do the right thing because you know what, dogs can be very dangerous. Very dangerous. And once again, talking about this, I don't want to scare people into thinking like your dog is going to do this. 
your dog some of the things we're talking about most of the things we're talking about especially today your dog is not going to do but what's interesting is when we have had cases where we've had to put a dog to sleep don's the first one that comes to mind because it was the more probably the most recent one where we had that kind of a situation yeah and i post about it because you know i want to be honest about this the comments on that on a post like that tells me how many people there are out there who have had situations like this oh yeah yeah. Or, I mean, some scary situations. Very scary. You know, where somebody's getting really hurt. And if you're in this kind of a situation, people feel really guilty about making the decision to euthanize. Mm-hmm. Lots of times they feel like they've given up or they're not doing enough for the dog or it's their fault in some kind of a way. I mean, I've, I've had phone calls with people like this. I've had emails with people like this. Yeah. That, you know, they've they've got a situation that it's it's dangerous and you have to make a decision it's a quality of life decision for you and for the other living things in your home exactly because because the the reality of these specific situations is it's untenable yeah we're dealing with and that that's that's always the red line for us is is this word right here unpredictable yeah once again dogs will correct each other in a very gross way sometimes they'll in some situations, in some personalities, some dogs will overcorrect, and you see a big explosive of, of amount of energy, and that that's fine. These things happen. You know, you're you're mitigating and you're observing these personalities day in and day out. Sometimes it's like that dog's just grouchy as hell, just needs to be left alone, needs a cool down. Sometimes it's like, oh, this personality with this personality, and then you had a big boom. You know, usually no one's injured. It can just look and sound really ugly, mm-hmm. but nothing's really happening there. Um, but the situations we're talking about, and I, I, if you want to be specific with Dawn, is that Dawn was, would be triggered by nearly nothing. Yes. And you say, I say dogs correct you. Blah, big correction. Ooh, ah, ah. Big screams, big teeth, hair up, bite, posturing, rah, rah, nasty, rah. nasty looking things. But when Dawn was triggered, she was like, it was like a velociraptor just going after yeah. something. There was no, there was no, there was no middle ground to that energy or no low or, or no high. No, it was just gone. Which takes you to the just, word of un predictable that 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 dog would just go after and it doesn't matter what personality she went after several personalities yes. over nothing yeah but when she went after somebody she's gonna was, kill she wants to kill and if and, and hey if somebody else rescued thank god nobody else rescued that dog but that's As, happening out there with 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 you and jess yeah and, and she goes after cupid just this big oh. he's just a big pile the most of mush. shy quiet you know I, I say dogs correct each other in ugly ways cupid doesn't correct anything or anybody and he cupid even... doesn't need to be corrected exactly. by any other dog because for anything so because he's a wallflower so withdrawn and just recoils and he's just so sorry all the time yeah and she went after him for nothing yeah and if anybody else rescued that dog and didn't know what they were doing it would have been way worse. It would have been a way. It would because have been way have worse. To, physically, when you're in that situation with a dog like that, who is all go, no quit, 
I don't care how much you yell or slap or kick or do anything. Once you're in the, it's it's like a caveman mindset when you're when you're into that, where it's just like you're doing everything you can. But if you're not thinking clearly and know what to do, yeah, one of those dogs isn't going to walk away. That's true. And and like you said, it's Jessica and I are both very skilled at what we're looking at. And the first thing that we had to do was just to remain calm. Yeah. Because because by yelling and going nuts and trying you're exasperating her. Yep. You're raising the excitement level. You're making her want to kill him more. Mm-hmm. And she is already latched on. Yeah. So what did I do in that situation? I very quietly choked her out. Yeah. I've got a hold of her neck and I'm choking her until she has no more air. Yeah. And you just have to wait. You just have to wait until she until she goes and yeah. let's go to get some air. And you know what she did whenever she did that? She looked at me and just wagged her tail. Just wagged her tail. Happy, like it's just there's just nothing Because because her trigger was like whoosh. Yeah. It was very unpredictable, very dangerous. And very rare. Yeah. Very rare. You don't see these. T- Most people will never see something like this. No. I, I'm sure somebody's listening right now and they're mortified of, of, of what we're talking about. Right. But <clears> unless you unless you're in that situation yourself and you see that that specific thing, you just don't know. Yeah. Unless you're in that situation and you're, you know. You're forced to deal with it. Yeah. And it's. Because there is no stopping that dog. There's no stopping her. And it, and it's it, also a very common thing that, you know, when you have a police dog or like a tack dog and stuff like that, which, you know, there are some things about that type of training that I kind of don't agree with. Oh, my gosh. You know, because it's, basically the, they're working, they're, they're doing everything they can to what, what, what I wouldn't do. You know, they're, you're, they're, they're trying to escalate certain Behaviors? What's funny about it Behaviors is that is they're dog? they're running two lines at the same time. Exactly. The one line I think it's really dangerous. Uh, it's but. it's frightening for me as a as a dog handler yeah. because the one line is to keep them under control. Yeah. The other line is to let them get out of control. Yeah. You're looking you're looking to egg on, which is something we never do. No. You never egg on a dog. No. Get him. Get him. Get him. Yep. Get him. Yep. And, and sometimes they'll just have them on the leash and just create that intensity like yes. as much as they can. Yeah. Before letting loose or calling, calming back down, it's like, whoa, where's the off switch there? For but me? see, but but then, but, but then when they do get them and they want to call them off, now they have to now that you now you have to do that too. Exactly. That's you know you may sound like a monster to some people when it's like you had to choke that dog out. Yeah. First of all, we saved the face of that other dog. She had his eye. It. But I'm afraid she was going to pull his eye but out. That that choking out that is a common method with these like yeah. police military dogs. That's yeah. what. The, they work them up into that zone, and then when they grab onto some guy in that suit or whatever, yep. and then to get them to stop, that's what they do. All, the all, look the, up the, the only t- the only that's... tool I have is for her to not have oxygen. Yeah, and that's the. I mean, I don't have any other weapons. I have nothing else in my hands. Yeah. And you're also trying to do that on the dog's neck, which is one of the strongest parts of their body. Absolutely. It's not comparable to our neck at all. No, our neck is a big, open, fleshy, vulnerable thing. A dog's neck, like especially like Dawn, where she's just well, a, and I'm and I'm just a solid. I'm, pitch, I am specific. I am very specifically applying pressure onto one side yeah. where I have a weakness as as hard as I can. Yep. And you know, it probably took you know it feels like an eternity when you're doing that. Yeah. 
because she's got his eye and I'm afraid and she's tu- she's if, tugging to it rip feel, it feels like you're never going to win. It feels like I'm never going to win. It's probably it was probably a solid minute and a half before she finally wanted to have air. That's and an eternity. It's a long it was a long time. Yeah. Cuz yeah. you're like do I even have this airway? Do yeah. I even And Jessica's injured, so yeah. she she's hanging on to, you know, to him to keep him from backing away. Yeah. Because he wants to get away. Yeah. You know, he's and 100 his, and his his recoiling can trigger more of a prey more response. More of her to pull in that more. Moment. Yeah. It was a very very tense situation. Yeah. Very tense. And like you said, if she would've been rescued by somebody else in a different situation, there would be an innocent dog dead. There would be an innocent dog dead. Guaranteed. Right. Guaranteed. Yeah. I'm I'm not even sure like if 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 that were me and Wes. Could me because both of you know exactly how to do that. Yeah. I've only had to do that a couple of times. Mm-hmm. But you know, I once again I I'll consider myself experienced, but like that would have been very difficult for me. Yeah. That would have been a very difficult time. Yeah. And once again, it's like once you go through something like that and you know it's there and you know there's no trigger. And you know the unpredictability there is so strong. Yeah. Where there's there's nothing. No. There's no reason that, that that she should have done that. No. And she went to zero to a thousand, and it took everything you had to make her stop. It's yes. Like, why would you do that again? Exactly. Why are we doing this again? Why am I doing this again? Who am I endangering by her li- by this dog living on this world? Yeah. You know, is it a child? Is it a cat? Yeah. Is Did it the door a door latch? It, Did it latch it, all the way? Did you hear it click? She got out in the neighborhood. Did you turn it? You know, you know it, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just, yeah. n- I'm just not going to do it. The screws rusted out in that lock. The, oh, look, darn. The wind, the wind. Yeah. yeah it's always, it's there's just, a, always something. Just living with that uncertainty is, is not, not healthy. Right. It's just not. Right. So. So yes, those are sometimes decisions that we have to make based yeah. on that. And, you know, I do want to, for people to understand who are living in this kind of a, in, in this kind of a situation, because there's lots of them who are. Yeah. You and know? some people think they are, and it's not really. Right. So there's that too. But there's other people who are living in that situation, and the thought of euthanizing that dog is something that they can't, they can't cope with. Like, they feel like they're doing the wrong thing. Yeah. And I want them to know that they're not. Yeah. You know, there's a quality of life issue here for more than just that dog. Yeah. You live with that dog. The other people in the house live with that dog. The other dogs live with that dog. There's a quality of life issue for everybody in that dog's world. And dogs are so intuitive. A dog around another dog like that, they know exactly what they are. Yeah. They avoid them. There's a lot of anxiety there. You're upsetting whatever balance that you've thought thought that you've ever achieved. Yep. By just having that energy around them. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's a lot of uncertainty that, that breeds and... Dealing with those emotional things just in your dog pack, not even the human stuff, mm-hmm. that that can take a while to repair. Yeah. You can do some damage there. It takes a while to, you know, takes about a year or two to con- re- keep conditioning that balance over again to try and get back. And sometimes you can't even get back. Yeah. It's just, we're just dealing with the new normal. Right. <clears throat> I mean, if you've ever had a dog, I'll t- tell you a story about a dog that I had named Buick. In Southern California. It was the first Mastiff mix that I ever had. And in Southern California, there wasn't a lot of places to, like, you know, walk your dog without having a leash on. But there was this, there was this place. It's kind of like a little foothill that we would climb up in and take our dogs up there. And it's pretty remote. You know, you don't really run into people. And so you could kind of have them off leash oh, the for trails. a little while. The trail. Yeah. yeah. And 
Buick was a he was about 90 pounds. Seemed huge at the time. His first Mastiff we ever yeah. had. I was young, so he was huge yes. to me. He's a big bear. <laughs> Cute story about Buick. Uh, he's bi- he, he, you know, he had the color of like a chocolate lab, but he had a big Mastiff head. And anyway, he was the start of my love for Mastiffs with that big head. He was an incredible soul. Just an yeah. incredible soul. Travis was afraid of the dark as a little boy. And Buick, we got him about, about that age. He was abandoned in the city like an open field and he sat there for like three days somebody dumped him there and he just kind of waited for them to come back and they never did and so i took him home and he he would sleep with travis every night until he would fall asleep as he was like his little uh, babysitter <laughs> <laughs> and he'd climb up in bed with travis and then as soon as travis would fall asleep then he would you could see him creep out of there like he did his job that was it <laughs> anyway i was walking him one day up into the hills and I rounded a corner and I could see two dogs approaching us off leash and they just made a beeline for him and yeah. they're, they're just going to kill him. And Buick was a sweet soul. He Very was a, he sweet was a soul. tender boy. He's a tender boy. Had no, had no aggression in him. So whatsoever. I imagine those dogs saw him <clears throat> kind of flinch a little bit Yeah, and they went right to a prey mode on him. He immediately rolled. He immediately oh, submitted. Ew. He That's submitted terrible. to them. Yeah. And, it was it was just a fight for his life with me with those dogs. He had a big collar on and I and I grabbed him by his neck. I was trying to get him back up on his feet because mm-hmm. I knew that they're going to they, you know they want to rip his belly open. Yeah. And his collar ended up probably 15 feet up on the on the hillside cuz I had kind of just tossed it in the to pick him up and it yeah, flung. Yeah, and it flew and it flung. <clears throat> and those dogs were biting him and I'm fighting them off. I'm, you know, kicking. I'm punching. You know, they weren't small dogs. They were kind of husky mixes. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it was horrible. It was one of those horrible experiences that you have. And it it, it probably went on for a minute or two before his owner rounded the corner. The dog's or- owner, who was, you know, behind them, lagging behind them. Yeah. And they were off leash. And here they are. I mean, this is your, these are your dogs. This is what they're doing to my dog. Yeah. And, you know, he runs up and chases his dogs off. And I had some words for that man that were just, they were not nice. I mean, I ripped him and chewed him. And then I have Buick, who can hardly walk, you know. And I, you know, he's 90, he's like 95 pounds. And I would pick him up and carry him and walk him as far as I could. And people talk about me lifting up bubs to wear. (laughs) Here I am trying to walk him down off of a hillside. But my point is to that subject because I did get him home and he, he, you know, he was he he was okay and he's had some wounds and some scratches, but he was never the same. Yeah, he was never the same. Yeah. When I would take him for walks after that on the down city streets and he's on a leash and dogs would bark at their fence line, bark, 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 bark. Oh, I could see him like recoil, recoil and kind of tuck down because he was, you know, he's scarred. He's scarred for life. Yeah. And that's that's the kind of could have been it. Yeah. That could have been it. I've heard I've heard something like this from from multiple clients recently with with Festus, one, one of one of our like, yes, one of our, one of our first very rescues. first rescues. Just a sweet, kind of medium. <clears throat> he's not small. He's like it's almost like double the size of Schweeps. Yeah, just a sweet terrier guy, just walking through his neighborhood on leash, and then <clears throat> she's just walking her dog like she always does. She's had him for years now, just walking along, and then just. Here comes some dog, 
here comes some dog off leash. And it sounded like he probably did the same thing where he rolled or mm-hmm. at least or that dog got him on the ground. Yeah. And that dog nearly disemboweled him. That yeah. Dog, that dog almost killed him. Yeah. Just over over nothing. Over nothing. You know. And it's always it's it seems like it's always that owner that, that has that dog. And it's just like whether you don't respect or know what you have or. And, or these situations like this happen, no one no one learns from it, apparently, at least on that side. You know, or it's just like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Like, do you really want to be responsible for s- somebody else's dog getting, like, brutally killed in front of them? Because that's, I think a lot of people think that's, that's what we're dealing with. I think those people that own a dog that has behaved like that just think that that's just dog behavior. It's just normal yeah, for maybe. them to, you know, it's just dogs being dogs. It's not. Well, it's not. It's not. It's not. It's unacceptable. Yeah absolutely unacceptable and if it happens it should only happen once yeah because from then on your dog should never have that kind of freedom to do that to do something like that to another dog or a kid yeah you know so yeah those are you know serious it's serious stuff it's life altering for the dog that who's a victim of that and that's why i go back to if you're living with that in your home i mean i've known people my whole life that you know they juggle dogs in their house yeah you know, this one lives behind that gate. This one, you rotate this one in this room and you rotate that one in that room. And that's, you know, that might be normal to you, but it's not to me. Yeah. You know, it's, to me, a pack needs to be together. And if you can have a pack that you can't have together, you better figure out why and see if you well, can't it means solve you that. you can't manage your pack. You can't manage your pack. And it's not anything on you if you can't manage your pack. You could just be juggling some personalities that are unpredictable. Yeah. Untenable. Uh-huh. So it's not anything anyone can do. Right. But when somebody has that, the solution to that is what? It depends on what the situation <clears throat> is. Depends on, yeah, it depends on the situation. Depends on your pack. Depends on what that dog's doing. You know, maybe, you know, sometimes, you know, that's that's all you have is to mitigate and, and rotate. and, But still, you just, the reality is you're spinning plates. And plates break. Yep. If that's what you do for a living is spin plates, you're going to break one. Right. And uh, <clears throat> it's just a matter of time or, or variables. Well, and unfortunately, spin, spin in, around in, the universe. in that situation where you're juggling the plates, one of the plates that's going to get broken isn't necessarily you. It's something else. Yeah. It's another dog or it's somebody else. Or, or it's, yeah, some other variable that you don't even think you're juggling, but right. you live in the world. So right. something else is out there, you know, like. Like even, you know, talk about, you know, walking dogs and stuff like that. When I, when I, when I tell people how strict I am when it comes to walking a dog on a leash, I say it's because walking a dog on a leash is a life or death thing. It is. Your dog needs to, you need to, first of all, you need to have a secure leash. You know, uh, it's amazing how many people you see with like, they got like the collar and then like it hooks on, but the collar is like this. Your dog can turn your head in one second and, and be out of that. A flat collar totally yeah like and it's just if you don't have a secure leash on your dog it's like <clears throat> first of all you, your dog doesn't know how to walk on leash and then and then it's not secured properly it's like gosh think of all the variables out in the world you know just like what we were talking about here comes some crazy off-leash dog who's just going to attack your dog here comes the big ups truck oh your dog spooked turns his head out of the collar running gone now it's in the middle of the street yeah variables up in the air yeah um 
you know, I've had it a couple times where I'm walking my dogs on leash and I call for a hard stop. Ooh, my dog stop. And here comes a big old copperhead because I, I just saw, that, you yeah. know, your dog steps on a snake. Could be a coin toss on living or dying. You're out 1500 2000 bucks. Of course, it'll always happen on our weekend because that's how <laughs> dogs work, you know, where you have to go to the ER vet, you know, $400 to walk in the door. So, you, you know, walking your dog is is a serious thing. It's, yeah. It is a life or death thing because there's a lot of variables out there. And what would you say the And all you can do is mitigate those variables. I mean, there's still anything can happen. It's life, you know. But. And when it comes to that, I mean, this is a whole nother topic. My gosh, is the walking apparatus for your dogs because. Yeah, don't even get started oh on my, that right Oh, my now. gosh. I, just, <laughs> I can't even get started on a flexi lead because I'll just go off into a tangent. <laughs> So, yeah, I guess uh, I want to go back to, you know, people having juggling things in their home. I just want to I just want to say to people who are living with a dog who is the aggressor that we're talking about, that it's a very serious aggressor. That for you to make a decision to euthanize that dog is okay. It's okay to do that. Yeah, it is okay to do that. And I, I know that it might make you feel bad for a little bit, but it'll give you a huge sigh of relief ultimately because you've changed your whole life yeah. of what you're trying to juggle. And those are, the, those are the emails that we get all the time of people wanting to surrender their dog to rescue. You know, he's bitten my child. <clears throat> he's bitten my kid in the face. He's bitten my... Yeah. He's bit. we, just so you know, the, our rescue will accept no dog that has a bite history. Yeah. We'll accept no dog that we that knowingly has shown aggression to other dogs. And when we say aggression to other dogs, we're not talking about language. Yeah. Where they're communicating with each other. We're talking about unpredictable aggression. We're talking about blood. We're talking about blood. We're talking about what Don did. Yeah. We will never take a dog like that into our rescue and a no reputable rescue will. Yeah. You know, it's once going back to that lady who called me on the phone, you know, like I said, she was a nurse for many years and she's rescuing on her own. And, um, you know, she started to talk more in detail and then she shared that with the Yorkie. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I called 50 other places and I go, you know what? I mean, honestly, I have to be honest because I usually just do the normal spiel where it's like, you need to email the rescue, mm-hmm. you know, well, because, you know, we need to go through the proper channels here. Right. I, you can't just call me and I say, I take it. You know, there's a whole bunch of, we all work. We together. don't have time for that at the ranch. Well, we, all, <laughs> we all work together and we all make decisions together. So I don't get to just jump off on the handle and say, I'm going to take something crazy yeah. and make everyone else deal with it. But, you know, I told her, honestly, it's like, you know, honestly, with what you told me right now, I said, we we won't accept this dog. Yeah. Like, I, it, it won't even be considered. Mm-hmm. And I said, honestly speaking, any other rescue will will be the same way. Yeah. They may him and haw or say whatever to get you off the phone or, or whatever, but they're not going to take it on. Mm-hmm. They're just not. Yeah. Um, because why would you? Exactly. You know, because it's, it's, a, it's a difficult thing to mitigate. And some other innocent dog can end up being killed by Well, and that. ultimately, as you, when you run a responsible rescue, you are insured. You're insured. We have insurance. Yeah. And we have insurance companies who regulate things that you can and cannot do. Yeah. And for, just for insurance purposes, we would never take that liability on yeah. for the chance of being sued. Yeah. 
you know, you what, you what? We get this dog and we know that it's aggressive yeah. and we yeah. place it in a home yeah. and it kills the kid down the street. Oh my god. Okay, well what an idiot you are. Yeah. What look at look at what has happened from a choice that you made on a dog that you knew that was aggressive. Yeah. It, what are you doing? What it, that's, what are you that's doing? What they would ask you, you know, right. like what, what, what are, are you, you doing? What do you think you're doing? Right. When the <clears> the <throat> answer the answer was to humanely euthanize that dog. Yeah. To keep the world safe. Yeah. That's really what it boils down to. And I know, I know in the background there's lots of people that, that I just call dog savers who yeah. just blurt out that every dog should be saved and every dog, but th- that's just not true. It's just not. It's unfortunately not true. No. I mean, I can understand where they're coming from. I can empathize with with that perspective, but you haven't had my perspective. Right. You haven't had to choke out a dog to save another dog's life. Yeah. You know, both dogs lived in that scenario, but you know, once you're in it, once you're fighting for your life and thinking you're not going to win, yeah, thinking it's absolutely futile, it's gross, you're getting injured, you're getting physically injured, you can be permanently injured as a human could be permanently injured from these these types of things. Mm-hmm. Once again, they're very rare. Your dog's not going to do this. Uh, but, you know, but that is once that happens to you. Obviously changes your perspective. Sure. Your perspective is now larger and different. Yeah. And a little tainted. Yeah. Because, you know, you have to deal with those emotional scars, too. Once right. you go through something like that, that's just that just comes with it. I mean. You can get physically hurt, but yeah, the emotional stuff always kind of lingers more in you. Yeah. Um, Because we've had those situations where it's like something completely crazy and unpredictable happens to you, and it's happened to me, it's happened to you, where, you know, you could have lost your life. Yeah. You could have been killed doing what, you know, trying to help other dogs. Yeah. And... Once that happens to you, you can't knowingly take that dog and give it to somebody else who's even less experienced than you are yeah. and and sleep at night. Like how would I, I wouldn't sleep at night. I would think about that dog all the time. Yeah. I, I would just it would be constantly in my mind. And I don't know if you want that to be another podcast because it's those are really long stories. And I think yeah. we should probably save that for another time. But, probably. Um, we'll save it for the next Serious podcast. <laughs> it's a serious podcast. You know, but it, it's, it's a fact that, there, you know, we've got some tales to tell about being in a position where you, you could have died. Yeah. You know. But, you know, I don't like it. Like I told you and I'll tell everybody else. I have no problem talking about that stuff. But the people, the listening audience, you need you need it, need to be very clear that this is not a regular thing. No. You know, we're dealing with thousands and thousands and thousands of dogs so you're always going to have that one in a thousand where it's like whoa what the heck was that it doesn't fit any of the normal it's we're talking about a complete outlier that like somehow which is didn't show any sign or trigger right and then this traumatic thing happened right this isn't a normal thing is because it, it really bothered me you know, after my last incident and talking with multiple people on the phone and gosh, it wasn't even issues with aggression, but hearing from other people and the talk about what happened to me or what happened to you and even just reading about it and not even dealing with something similar when it comes to their dog. Like I said, I'm talking to people where we're not even talking about aggression. We're talking about like 
obedience or manners or just doing something dumb in the house that's annoying, you mm -hmm. know, but how it resonates with them. And now they have like a fear of their dog. That's right. And that makes me feel terrible yes. and not want to talk about it at all. Right. But that's not productive. No. You know, it's, it's, it's important to talk about, but for the listening audience, it's very important for you to know this is not going to happen. This is a, it's a very rare thing. It's something sure to be aware of, but don't carry this around every day. No. You know, because, well, I'm not, but I also had to work on not doing that. And that's a whole different thing. But right. this is this, you know, your dog's not going to bite you like like some of the things we've talked about. No, your dog's not going to attack another dog the way that we may have talked described here. Yeah. You know, your dog's not going to just immediately grab some other dog like a coyote's grabs a rabbit and runs off into the woods. Like, you know, like, like basically what, what Dawn Which did. takes me back to the beginning of our podcast where we discussed the lanes of yeah, aggression. So many, so many lanes, so many lanes. Well, it's like a sphere with lanes in the middle. <laughs> There's a lot. There's a lot there. There's a lot. So, you know, I think, yeah, I think we could talk about it, but just like kind of one thing at a time, yeah. which never works in a podcast. <laughs> But, um, but we'll come back to this sure. to another podcast yeah. where we talk about mine and Travis's personal PTSD with <laughs> yeah. because it, because that's really what it boils down to. Yeah. But you know when we're talking about you and your home with the majority of your dogs, you might be dealing with you know a dog who I don't know snaps at you when you're giving them a treat or something, and it's yeah. you know and you think that's aggression and, and you think like, that's no, aggression. No. <laughs> no. That's 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 an easy fix. Most of the most of these are are. Most of you guys' issues are, are easy fixes, but like the, we're just, you know, kind of wanted to have a little serious conversation about some of the outliers yeah. and some of the things that are out there. But, yeah. but don't take any of this home because th th that would be a, that'd make me feel really bad. <laughs> so. And we'll get, and we'll get back. We'll get back to that another time. Yeah. You want to wrap that up then? What can there? we go eat some cookies now? <laughs> I got some leftover Mexican food. I want some of that ham you got, the Laura sent. I'm you do have that. I'm gonna steal some of that ham. But. I do have that. But anyway, that was our serious podcast. Um, really appreciate you guys listening and tuning in. Um, and just and keep sending questions because and sometimes appreciate your guys' support. And yeah, send 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 questions. We can uh, you know maybe mitigate some of these things uh, during the podcast and yeah. just, just try and go one issue at a time. Right. Uh, try and send some particulars. That's always a little helpful, the more variables we have. And yeah. maybe we can talk about it, maybe not. I don't know. We'll, it just depends on, on what's put in front of us. Yep. All right. Night, Thank everybody. You guys.